From Rixie, this is Frameform, a show about movies, moving, and everything in between. I'm Hannah Weber. I'm Jen Ray. And I'm Claire Schweitzer. I'm just excited that, like, we've made it this far. Like, I can't believe that next week is our last episode. Well, I mean, second to last, but technical last. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly it's gone by. Like, I mean, just thinking of quarantine as a whole and then sort of the period that we've been working on this show, like they kind of feel like two, almost like two separate years or like two separate, like extended lengths of time. It's just so, so hard to fathom. But it's been it's been incredible to see. I mean, not only you see you guys and talk to you guys every week, but also to see the reception that the show has received so far. Totally. And I love that every week we're putting out a different conversation, have different interviews, cover these topics. In a way, I think we're covering more ground than we would if we were just putting up something that we maybe already did at a live event and just sharing it. You know, it's created for this format. And that's been really satisfying, too. And not to mention, as we talked about in a recent episode, the lack of pressure when it's audio only and we don't have to worry about (laughs) uh, making everything aesthetically beautiful at the same time. I think one thing about our setup, though, like the whole like quarantine and Zoom, like the coexistence. I'm not saying that we like decided to make this podcast happen because of quarantine. Again, like we said before, like this has been a discussion that we've been kind of wanting to do but I think quarantine kind of just like took that extra step of like you know like people are having these meetings over zoom and there is a way to work around having this kind of podcast actually happen you know I think it was just the whole like everyone had to realign of how to make these conversations and meetings happen remotely and Honestly, I think the timing of it all kind of like helped, you know, actually make it happen because it's like, oh, I yeah, I know Zoom or I'm familiar with it. You know, like people were more comfortable with the platform at that time. So I don't know. The stars aligned for us in a way, you know? Yeah, it didn't feel like as big of an ask to say to people, hey, can you hop on a Zoom call and yada, yada. Not that they wouldn't have done it before, but I think you're you're so right. Like people have been eased into it. And even for us, I think that we were in this limbo where we have the things we're normally doing in screen dance. We see this change and the drive we had more than anything that, you know, as far as things we could do (laughs) was we need to talk about what's going on. We need to talk about what has been uh, how we can navigate through this. And we identified that there's this huge boom happening as a as a result of necessity. So I think it's also the right time for this conversation. I remember for years, uh, like, you know, at festivals and, and Hannah saying, like, I really want to do a podcast. And yeah, that's a great idea. And in a way, I think 2020 was the right time for it to happen. And I'm just so grateful for you two and everyone that's been on the show and collaborated with us and excited for next season too, because we're going to revisit some of our classic episode themes, but also throw in a whole bunch of new great ideas. So 
Yay. <laughs> and something else that's been different about, well, doing this podcast, which, again, is sort of like a symptom of what of the year we've had, is that it kind of solved, at least for me, it solved one huge problem, which was how can these conversations exist outside of the festival space and outside of, you know, the one weekend where you're around, you know, dozens of people who are passionate as you you are about this form. And then those conversations just kind of go away or like manifest somewhere else that's wholly inaccessible. But here, I feel that the conversations we have are directly responding to what's happening right now with the bloom of screen dance, as well as what is being discussed. And so the people I, I've seen at these festivals, now I'm seeing on a more regular basis and we're having a much more sustained conversation. And I feel that because of that, people feel a, more, a greater sense of community and feel in a way more mobilized to make work in the way that they can, which granted there, there aren't a whole lot of ways to make it, but um, it's heartening to see. Absolutely. And when we all come back to these larger events, like, of course, I'm grateful I was able to host like a small screening in D.C. this year, but that's not most festivals. Most festivals weren't didn't do weren't weren't even legally allowed to have live events. So I think that when we're able to actually get back to live events, having had that sustained conversation and being able to even just point to another uh, platform for this is really great as well, because as much as dance film and screen dance is widely enjoyed, it doesn't have as much of a home. And in some ways that's good. You know, I don't want like a, like a world of dance version of screen dance. You know, I don't want things to get so pop and commercial that we lose the, uh, intellectual investigation of things. But I do think that it's, it's nice to see more mainstream examples and audio is a great way to make it accessible, even though we're talking about visual forms and even the name frame form came from the idea that, you know, not, not my, not my title. I think Hannah came up with it or Claire, yeah, well, we were brainstorming Hannah. a bunch of ideas. Yeah. So Hannah <laughs> that's, that's was like, Hannah's copyright. frame form. <laughs> totally. Right. Cause we were like brainstorming these different words. And even though it's in frame form, at least we can have these conversations in waveforms. <laughs> Nice. That that sums it up right there. <laughs> I mean, I have to say too, like, I think one thing that this podcast has really gained is just putting the filmmakers and artists a platform to use their voice even more. I mean, we basically kind of made this uh behind the scenes scenario of learning about the films themselves and getting to know the artists. And that's something that you don't really get at dance film festivals. I mean, sometimes you get a panel or some kind of artist talk, but I mean, not everyone has an hour to spare at a dance film festival. Usually they're an hour or like a couple days and then it's gone. So I, I definitely applaud uh, all of us for um, just kind of collecting the people that we had in our bank, as well as the interviews from last year from the Cascadia Dance and Cinema Festival that Jen organized and reached out to, to, you know, finally have their voices shared here. Oh, and this was such a group effort, though. Like, even the tap panel, I remember the two of you were there, like, Late night, 
long days, helping everything get set up. So this really has been um, such a great team. And I appreciate you both. Also, we got to thank Screen Dance Forum for helping us uh, co-produce some of those earlier episodes, all the ones done at Cascadia, Vancouver Tap Dance Society. like, And yeah, everyone that came on to the show and poured their heart out, um, thank you. Because we learn mainly from, you know, we can learn from textbooks, you can learn from a course, but I think learning from someone else's experience and getting those anecdotal and very human, sometimes funny, sometimes harsh, sometimes heartbreaking stories is that's the stuff that really sticks and the stuff that really inspires us too. So I've really enjoyed everyone we've had on and I can't wait to see who we're going to have next year. I know that we've all got our wish lists and maybe there's some emails in the inbox or some people we don't know about and maybe someone's listening and they want to be on the show or they know someone great to be on the show, but the, the possibilities are endless, which is awesome. And again, like it's amazing seeing, um, I mean, I don't know how much uh, direct feedback either of you have had about the show, but um, I mean, one moment that actually stands out was a moment when I was on a shoot about a week ago and one of my colleagues actually started clapping the <laughs> the brainstorm <laughs> theme. And it was and and yeah, and he, even hearing just those things like, hey, I love the show or like, oh, I learned something new today. Like that's, you know, very, very heartening. And going off what Jen was saying, um, I mean, we're happy that the show is giving you something and tell us more of what you want. We would love to um, you know, go down whatever rabbit holes you posit, so feel free to send them our way. I think my favorite episodes have been the ones where we get really heavy on the advice. Like, yeah. we, don't, we don't exactly plan or script the episodes. Like, we know what films we're covering. We watch them ahead of time. We know generally what topics. We all have our individual uh, perspectives we want to bring. But it's it's a lot of free-flowing conversation. And I really love when we give advice. There's some episodes, like I, I'm thinking the nudity episode, the sound episode, um, obviously creative minds and bottom lines. Uh, just when we start listing off our personal... And as I'm listening, <laughs> I can think about the three of us and like, our work backgrounds and our project backgrounds and being like, yeah, that that would be the advice that Claire would give. That would be the advice that <laughs> Hannah would give. Um, so that I think that's one of my favorite things we do on the show is when we start rambling off different helpful advice that hopefully saves people thousands of dollars and tears and years of their life. Yep. I cried <laughs> so you don't have to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've all had, had our horror stories of some kind of experience I mean if you have had a horror experience uh, let us know <laughs> you know I mean everyone can learn something from filmmaking and dance filmmaking in general uh, I mean some of my favorite episodes I think it's just those heavy conversations um, when it's a little controversial and I mean I think that's what is so important from this show and just like having a dialogue in general about these films because you know everyone doesn't see it the same you know and I think that's what makes something like dance film successful there's a message and there's a conflict and there's a response and I appreciate that we're not trying to be the news and we're not trying to be a textbook. Um, I think we're very self-aware that this is 
you know, we're three people with three opinions and we do our research and we try to be as careful as we can and as factual as we can to not just share our, it's not about opinions, but, you know, share our perspectives and really try and work through some of these things. I have found through these episodes that my opinion morphs over the episode. I don't really start and finish in the same place, which I have to thank both of you for that because what a joy that I can actually massage <laughs> my brain like this um, and mm-hmm. not just be, you know, sitting alone thinking about dance movies or thinking about <laughs> Romy and Michelle's or thinking about music <laughs> videos or any sort of random stuff. Something that really stuck with me was last weekend, we had our uh, December rehearsal for the Jam Youth Project and one of our students, uh, Samantha, shout out Samantha DiGiorgio, um, a girl <laughs> that does her homework and puts in the work. Um, she had listened to our TikTok, uh, the TikTok episode and the fact that ah, that ooh. we actually have teenagers listening to the episodes on TikTok and on the music videos oh is, that's that's a dream, you know? I, I, I think it's great that, you know, people that are adults that are using TikTok learn about it and that parents or other people that maybe have heard about it or whatever, just everyone should become informed on these these things that affect so many people. But the fact that the teenagers are starting to listen to those episodes is huge. And it's something that's encapsulated as well. So maybe TikTok, hopefully in my opinion, uh, will go away and then it will become like a fad of the past and people can listen back to the episode or even with the internet made the video star and and see like, wow, that's really, when you, when you pause at a certain point in time, you have a certain amount of detail and fresh perspective that you might lose if you do a, a retrospective episode. So I've, I'm excited to see how those episodes age as well. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because years ago, we could have been talking about like Snapchat, even though Snapchat <laughs> wasn't a big dance oh app. Oh my gosh, yeah. But you know, that's no longer a regular part of people's speech. Actually, years ago, it probably would have been musically, but they got sued. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> so that's why we're talking about TikTok now. But yeah, I, I'm interested in like recording as a time capsule and how those episodes are going to age with time. Oh, if only like we were doing this back in the day with Dance Dance Revolution and who knows what like, <laughs> could have gone on there. Like, so good. Is DDR screen dance? Let's find out. Oh yeah. my gosh. Maybe we should do an episode talking about mirror, even though that's like mm. workout, but mm-hmm. I don't know that technology well enough and I haven't used it. Yeah. Um, right. right. But I have a feeling, I think we all have the feeling that not only are is technology going nowhere, but dance and movement are kind of like the superpowers and these keys to unlock technology in a way. Like I watched... Okay, so I watched Mulan this week. Oh, the the live action? Yes. I won't go into my full analysis, but every Disney movie is a musical. And this is the only one that's not. They don't have any of the musical numbers. All of the dance numbers are replaced with fight sequences. And this is because Mulan is a warrior and not a princess. But the cinematography, the editing, the sound design, the camera movement, the choreography... I was just watching it so satisfied. Like, wow, what a great risk to make a Disney movie that is not a musical and to still, to just swap in. You know, I can't help but see these things from like my my nerd perspective. So I was like, I see exactly what they did. All the musical numbers are fight sequences. This is amazing. <laughs> so I highly recommend that as well. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like how this, this show 
just as us bringing together, it gives us a muscle workout that we all need in general. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kept the wheels turning for me, like in a very, very good way that, you know, I can't even imagine just having those stagnate like during this time. And as has been pointed out, and I know, Jen, you've mentioned this quite a bit, and um, just how seriously dance in film and dance on film or dance into the screen, the marriage of dance in the screen medium can be taken seriously and can be treated as something very serious. I mean, even like listening to podcasts today, like if you you know, hear of deep analysis on movie and then they'll say like, oh, you know, I like, you know, I like the red shoes because it has dancing. And the host says, well, do you like step up too? Like, it's, so <laughs> I like the first step up. I'll get to that. <laughs> I was in, I was an extra in the fourth step up. Because they film at the PNE in Vancouver. Like, they film a lot of dance movies there. They also filmed Elf there, I just found out. Um, oh. So I was an extra in the fourth step up. And I was so disturbed because they they have, like, these dance battles, obviously. Um, but they had this... They were doing 3D. It was step up for 3D. And every 3D shot, as you guys know, took so long to set up. So we're waiting. And, like, you know, finally the scene begins. And they're rehearsing. And... The 3D effect they were going for was like spraying water bottles at the screen and the water, I didn't see the movie, but like the water's going to come through the screen at the audience. But it was done in this very like sexual way. And like, I'm not (laughs) going to repeat the lyrics, but it was like an exclamation point at the end of a sentence. And that was the effect. And I was just so depressed. Like, oh, I'm, I'm in step up. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not kidding myself. I wasn't extra. It's like basically me having a day off work and like getting paid for it. So I'm not trying to pretend <laughs> like I was involved at all. Um, but, you know, I was there and I was like, okay, this is better than being an extra in 50 shades of whatever. So I will just enjoy watching the dancing and the dancing I got to see. I was like, oh, okay. We're spraying water bottles on that lyric. Great. Cool. And I waited 40 minutes for this shot to get set up. <laughs> But anyways, not to knock the Step Up movies. Have you guys seen Move on Netflix, by the way? I have not, actually. No. So John Boogs and Lil Buck are the first episode. Mm. Oh, okay. Yes. And Ohad is the second episode, and I have not watched beyond that. But it looks really good. And I can I can definitely say the first episode's excellent. And I mean, the second episode just made me want to watch Mr. Gaga, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the yeah. full movie. I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch the full movie right after. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so we're coming up with a few ideas. I mean, more than a few ideas, I should say, for episodes and topics for next season. I know one thing that when we were planning season one, we were talking about doing a landscape series because there's a ton of dance films that focus around the warehouse, the desert, the forest, you know, and and, and we see commonalities uh, in those films. And that's something that we're going to be introducing in season two. What are some other uh, topics that you, Jen, Claire, wish to touch on for next for season two. Well, I actually just thought of this topic as we were talking uh, earlier in this conversation. 
it would be uh, great if we had listeners. I don't know if we can have listeners call in, but we possibly certainly have them respond via social media. But give us their onset horror stories of making dance film. <laughs> And oh do gosh. kind of a compilation of that. Totally. Yeah, that'd be really cool to do like some user. We could even do like a user submitted episode. Like we could ask them like, hey, send us a recording of something and we can put them together. Or um, I, something I would like to do. And this is funny coming from me because I'm not a fan of social media in case anyone doesn't get that by now. But um, is doing like some audience interaction and surveys. Like if we know we're going to have an episode on, let's say... Not that we're going to do one on warehouse films, but if we were to do one on landscape films and we're narrowing down like, okay, we're going to do a desert episode, a water episode, we could actually put the films out and the ones that are available and have people vote which ones they want us to talk about, which could be cool. Yeah. Um, But I think one of my number ones for, for next season will probably be talking to more curators, even doing like a curator panel. Um, I think especially with COVID, it's it's so interesting because you touch on everything. You touch on what's this person's perspective and their why for what they're doing. What are the real financial and legal implications of how things are structured and what they're able to do and what they want to do? And what are the other factors by way of audience or just what, what that festival's uh, submissions or mission is? Like there's so many different intersections when you talk to a curator just as there are when you talk to any sort of person that has any role in a film but I think 2020 people had so many different things they had to do from that side and the filmmakers don't make their decisions around curators but the the opinions and the perspectives of curators is very valuable for filmmakers who are looking to create work for these contexts so I think talking to more curators and more curators internationally would be really cool because we talk about it every episode like we're very aware the three of us are based in North America even though we have families from all over the world and we travel and we you know have interest in things outside of our own neighborhood but the reality is uh, a great part about the show is that we're able to reach out to other people and bring them into the conversation and have them lead the conversation so that would be super cool obviously this year was you know a non-traveling year for most of us but it would be really great if next year we bring the interviews that we brought this year to our season two and possibly have those interviews in person I mean it's just such a opportunity to meet other filmmakers and the dance film community in general in person because you don't get to see those folks on a day-to-day basis you know a lot of us are spread out across the world and these events you know there's a lot of them and you can only pick and choose the ones that you can go to and clay like you've said that you've been able to kind of see these faces regularly through the computer screen you know it would just be you know the cherry on top to see a you know one-on-one experience just thinking that dance camera west is having its um screening outdoors or it's doing an outdoor drive-in screening this year and it'd be actually kind of fun to have i mean i guess i could 
drive down there and be like a roving reporter and like interview like, filmmakers <laughs> through yeah. their cars. That would be so good. <laughs> Let's get it on a moped and just like <laughs> put the zoom in people's faces. Well, that's the other thing about five of the episodes from this season were done at Cascadia 2019. Uh, would have loved to do some in DC this year, but uh, obviously COVID affects that. But my festivals, I'm always happy to host interviews and and make it happen. And I think they'd be great to hear from other festivals too. Like have frame form visit. There aren't many dance film podcasts at all. And you know, we're we're based here. We can drive to you. We can wear face shield, whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, even just later after COVID's all said and done, we'd love to come to your festival and like watch your films and rave about you. And, you know, the festivals have a bigger place in our show than than just major celebrations and the announcements and such. Well, season two in general, if anyone is wondering when that is happening, uh, we're right now in the planning process. Uh, We're going to take a little break because everyone deserves a break. What? We don't want to burn out. (laughs) What? A break? And uh, we'll be reconvening in the spring. Uh, We'll be doing some backlog episodes just so we're, you know, packing the punch every week for y'all. And, you know, we'll we'll be reporting in and talking and discussing and navigating this show as as a journey, basically. This is just the start. And... We hope that season two is going to be just as strong and we will make sure that will happen with our planning process and organization with people that we're going to come in contact with. And I think the most important thing is to hear your feedback about the show. I mean, thank you to everyone who's been listening to us every week as well as following us on Instagram. It's been really nice to see this growth of a community that is tuning in with us. And and with that said, it would be really nice if you could leave a review for us. It would really help this podcast and this platform to reach even higher levels of listeners. Share it with a friend. Share it with your teacher. Uh, share it to, you know, everyone. <laughs> and here's the thing. Our, even though our posts that we put up have a date on them, these episodes are not linked to a specific date really at all. So right. feel yeah. free to browse the library. It's not like some podcasts where they come out daily and, oh, I missed one and now I have to catch up. Every week is a new week. Every conversation is a new conversation. And if leaving a review sounds like this huge burden, then I'm going to invite you to think of it in a new way. Write one to two sentences and then yes. click click a star rating. <laughs> or just give us a star rating. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's easy. It's star one rating click. is like cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. We want to hear from you. That's really important. And if you have any, you know, wishes of where the podcast could go, we're open to feedback on that as well. And like we say every week, you can write to us at frameform podcast at gmail.com and follow us on instagram 
at Frameform Pod. That's Frameform P O D. And you can leave us a message on there too. We're very active. We read what you say. <laughs> the email <laughs> might come back a few days later, but you know, we are very active. At least I am on social media. So I will see your message if you reach out. In general, we're really happy about the show. I know I am. I'm happy that we have come this far and we're going beyond. I'm so happy that we have a platform or even just even just people that are backing us up. Rixie, Mason, Tanner, Dan. Shout out to y'all just making us, you know, have our voices be heard and supporting us. Yeah, it just makes such a huge difference knowing that we have that support both on the, you know, on the technical side of things and the content side of things from the beginning. And again, we're so thankful for Rixie for hosting us, for to Mason for, um, I mean, essentially teaching us how to use these these things and making sure that the sound the show <laughs> sounds as good as it sounds. So we really couldn't do it without you. Totally. I'm used to wearing, I mean, all of us are used to wearing many hats at a time. So with this show to literally be just responsible for what comes out of my mouth and (laughs) recording it and making sure that, you know, we're all on the Zoom call and our, our content's organized. I mean, that's been such great peace of mind and to know that it's professionally done. And, and we're part of this cool family of other podcasts. That's the other cool thing is we're just like the nerdy sibling to like butter and debuff and daily wreck. Uh, it's nice to be in, in this family. And feed the jar. Yes. Yeah. And feed the jar. Sorry. I, I haven't gotten into D and D yet, but I do know uh, some, some kids that are into it. So maybe they'll go from frame form to feed the jar. <laughs> I don't play D and D, but that show has made me like want to dabble in D and D just because it sounded so fun. And it was like, really clear to understand like what was happening and also just like it's mason and tanner and dan and steve and steve uh is um the voice behind buff it was really entertaining just listening to them and the jokes the little jokes inside that show um there will be a season two on that as well, everyone, if you're interested in that. Woohoo! But definitely take a take a look at that library um, of shows because they are really well produced and well made and have some awesome stories behind them. I'm a big Rixie fan in general. We are a laptop sticker official. Yeah. So <laughs> that that's when you know it's serious. <laughs> anyway. Thank you so much for listening to us. Let us know if you have any feedback. If you think that we need merch, let us know. Maybe we can make that happen um, or just a sticker. And um, and also we're going to promise that we make sure that we say to check the show notes at the beginning of the episode <laughs> every week. That is our definite uh, comment card there that we will be promising in the future recordings. But other than that, I just want to say thank you to Jen. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah, making it happen. 
Yes. Thank you for inviting us to nerd out with you every single week. I have enjoyed coming to the screen slash cauldron with uh, with you two and just brewing brewing these conversations. So thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so it's incredible working with both of you too. And um, as e- both of you guys have mentioned at some point today, like I've just you know. I gain something new every time I go into one of these recordings and I, my mind just, you know, cracks wide open. So thank you both so much for all the work that you put in and all the insight that you bring. Well, other than that, it's awesome. You're awesome. The show's awesome. Listeners, you're awesome. Other than that, we will see you next year and happy new year. Happy 2021. Frameform is a production of Rixie, hosted by me, Hannah Weber, Claire Schweitzer, and Jen Wright. Edited and mixed by myself and Mason Carlton. Thanks for listening.